Hey, Survivor. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Vibrant Survivor Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how you can identify a narcissist in your life based on a communication breakdown. I'll be providing some communication that I received from a grandiose female narcissist as an example. And I'll also provide a recap of 12 key elements that appear in and around this communication at the end. I can't wait to call out these communication elements for you. Let's dive in. Hey, Survivor. Welcome to the Vibrant Survivor Podcast. Do you want to disconnect from a narcissistic or toxic situation and heal? Are you Googling how to identify a narcissist, narcissistic abuse, and boundaries? Are you feeling stressed and lonely while trying to avoid being sucked back in and lied to again? Hey, I'm Leslie. As a busy wife and mom, I fell for the lies and manipulations of narcissists. I wasted my time, talents, and money on users who kept moving the goalposts. I wanted real relationships and business opportunities and to enjoy life with my family. Instead, I struggled with anxiety, panic attacks, and insomnia, and I couldn't trust my body or anybody until I took a holistic approach to healing. In this podcast, you'll find tips for healthy living, trauma healing, and boundaries so that you'll have the freedom, confidence, and inner peace to respond, not react, after narcissistic abuse. Take a deep breath in, let it out slowly, and just relax, this time's for you. Narcissistic and toxic individuals have very specific ways of communicating with you. They have a certain style of communication where they may spell words a certain way, or they may they have like a, a rhythm or a flow to their communication or frequency or timing of their communication or even a method of communication. And these are things that you need to be aware of and look out for because essentially it's almost like a footprint that they're leaving. And that can help you later to be able to identify who and what you're dealing with. I have a specific example from some communication that I've received from a narcissistic individual that I've known for over a handful of years. And I figured out about narcissism and learned about who and what I was dealing with in different areas of my life. I figured that this person was narcissistic as well. And I decided to test this person by asking a very specific question. And my tell was going to be that if this person blame shifted uh, onto someone else that that would pretty much be my confirmation that they were narcissistic. So that being said, I went no contact and I literally did not have any communication with this person and then I received this text message. Hello Les, I reached out to you numerous times. Never ever got a response back, so I will say happy early holidays. I wish you and your family the absolute best going into the new year. Much success and blessings to you and your family. Blessings bless you and bless you. Then there's a smiley face and in all caps, bye. Now, when I saw this, I, because I have know this person and I know their method of operating, I interpreted it as an attempt maybe at a discard, but definitely as an attempt to re-engage me. I was taken aback because I, I had already gone no contact and I debated over whether or not to respond. Now the old me would have been like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't mean that at all and I'm so sorry and I've just been really busy and I'm actually traveling right now. But I thought, no, no, we already know already know. 
so we're not going to do that. So I ignored it and I let it fly. Then I received a private message through my Facebook page from an anonymous user. Now mind you, when I went no contact, I also blocked this person on social media and I blocked their contact information in my phone. I received this message through Facebook from an anonymous user. I pray you and your family are doing amazing during this time of transition in our personal lives, meaning quarantine and COVID. I hope your mom is doing awesome. God bless, God bless, God bless you and your family. And then Facebook at the bottom says your page is no longer able to send messages to this person. So there's some consistencies here in these communications. Um, there's a lot of capitalization of words, especially words like pray and amazing and God bless and blessings. There's a lot of that kind of emphasis in both pieces of communication. And then also there's even the reference to my mother. On the surface you'd think, oh my gosh, how sweet. Why are you being so rude, Leslie? <laughs> and I'm not. I, I know who I'm dealing with and I know who I am. I know that this is yet another heat check to see if I'll respond. Because in the past, I've been very quick to respond to this person and to give that supply. Oh my gosh, how are you? Hi, love you, oh my gosh. And so that's how I know that this is a heat check basically. So then some more time passes. Mind you, the last communication was in August. I have not responded to anything. I've blocked this person. I don't have their contact information in my phone anymore, nothing. About a week or so ago, guess what I received? An email, and it says, Hello Les, hope all is well. Not sure why we lost contact, but I am grateful of God's goodness in me and my family. I am cleaning out emails, deleting, and yours came across. I pray God bless you and your family, and hope mom is well. So I emphasize the places where there were capitalizations. Again, there's consistency in the communication. There's a certain way that this person has of spelling certain words and that's present in all three of these pieces of communication. So again, these are things for you to look out for. The narcissistic or toxic individual in your life has a specific way of communicating and you need to be in tune with that because even when they have random or anonymous Facebook accounts or multiple fake profiles, you'll be able to tell that it's them by the way that they communicate. At the end of the day, people are who they are. And like I said, this person has been spelling certain words the same way for as long as I've known them. And I already know what the deal is with this person. And not only that, I've spoken with multiple individuals behind the scenes who have had similar experiences with this person and who have confirmed with me all that I need to know. So I'm not worried about my lack of communication or being perceived as rude or anything like that. I'm not being rude. This person and even the narcissistic and toxic individuals that you may be dealing with are not well at the end of the day. They're not. They're in a state of dysregulation. A lot of the narcissistic and toxic individuals are not able to get access to the kind of supply that they're used to getting. People are focused on their own lives and their own problems. And when you step back and look at the big picture and take things into consideration and context, and by the way, when 
dealing with narcissistic and toxic individuals, especially communicating with them, context is everything. You have to look at the whole picture. It becomes apparent that they're not well, and it's best for them and for you to go no contact, give yourself space to heal and to stop the abuse, but to give them space to deal with their issues. Let's recap with 12 key elements that appear in and around this communication example. One is that even before I got the communication, she failed my test. I had asked her a very specific question months prior, very cut and dry, super direct, and she blame shifted everything, did not take responsibility for one single thing. And as we know, it takes two to tango. And for me, I consider that also as a form of a boundary. But that was one thing. Two is the hoovering or the heat checking attempt where she kind of tested the waters to see how I would respond to the text message to uh, an email, and then she sent an anonymous message through Facebook and just trying to reach out, trying to see if I would respond, how I would respond, if I'd respond in the way that she was accustomed to me responding, that she enjoyed for a long time. Number three, love bombing behavior, happy holidays, the references to members of my family, especially my mother, things like blessings, prayer, God, all capitalized, and kind of a form of religious rhetoric, which was kind of her MO anyway, as an aspiring women's ministry leader who loved to gather women around to fawn over her, but also who caused a lot of disruption in ministries too. Number four, projection appears here. In one of the messages, she accuses me of not responding to her, never ever, and the reality is it was the opposite. I had been trying to pin her down for lunches, coffee dates, anything, and she refused to get together in person. And I, I know why, but narcissists are extremely insecure. And if you are someone that they feel insecure around, they feel intimidated by, or they feel like you've kind of figured out that they really don't have anything to offer and that they're kind of full of hot air, lying, manipulating, then they will not get together with you. You'll have a hard time getting them on the phone. Any kind of direct communication, you're going to have a hard time with. Number five, the use of emphatic phrases. Narcissists use a lot of emphatic communication because they lie a lot. They're very deceitful. And so you'll hear narcissistic individuals use things like never ever, or I told you over and over and over and over again. And they'll use that to deny certain things or to deflect or project. And the emphatic communication, what it does is it leads you to believe that whatever it is that they're saying must be true. And the reality is they're probably lying to you, but they figure if they use the emphatic communication that it's going to just blow you away to the point where you'll be like, oh, okay, no, sorry, my bad. And accept what they're saying as truth instead of checking into it. Number six, discarding language. In one of the text messages that she sent me, she, her ending was, bless you, bless you, bless you, and in all caps, bye, with an exclamation point behind it. And that is by design. It's designed to trigger FOMO or fear of missing out. 
And also, it's designed to trigger fawning behavior, which if you're a people pleaser and you struggle with that, like I do, and I have in the past, I've gotten a lot better with it, but it can trigger that fawning behavior. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, what I meant was, oh no, no, that's not it at all. And all of a sudden, the tables are turned and you're kissing the rear end of someone who really isn't worthy of licking the bottom of your shoe. So that's something to be aware of. And along with that, number seven, I had that gut feeling where when she kind of did the discarding language, I felt tempted to go into fawning. And I stopped myself like, no, <laughs> we're not doing this. Not today. And the idea is that you'll be fearful of missing out on something socially or maybe monetarily or an opportunity, anything, and that you're missing something of value is what I'm getting at. So that gut feeling kicked in and I stopped myself from fawning, which I consider a victory and you should too. Number eight, her playgrounds, text messaging, email, Facebook, under normal circumstances, quote unquote, when I was dealing with her, those were her favorite methods of communication in general. And so those were the methods that she used to try to suck me back into the relationship. So being aware of those kinds of things clued me in. So when the anonymous Facebook message came through and I saw the other elements along with it, I knew it was her, like not a doubt in my mind. Number nine, the anonymous Facebook message from the account. The account was anonymous, which is a more covert behavior. And just so you know, narcissists can present as either grandiose or covert. And sometimes even the most outgoing, flamboyant narcissist can demonstrate covert behavior in an attempt to cover up what they're doing, especially if they're lying, if they're cheating, stealing, etc. So the anonymous accounts, the fake accounts on social media, things of that nature that you may be dealing with or have experienced, those are more covert behaviors that kind of keep them hidden where they can be somebody else and they can hide themselves. They can hide their, they can hide their shame. They can hide who they are and, or trigger people or things like that. Number 10. The grammar, punctuation, and spelling was consistent across all methods of communication. So I recognized that right away, and so that confirmed to me all that I needed to know. Number 11, the escalation with the email. Narcissists will often get frustrated if they really are determined to get a hold of you or you've hurt their ego by not responding to them or reacting to the things that they're doing or the ways that they're trying to trigger you. They will dial it up to try to get you to react uh, to them. And that's what gives them that supply. So you need to be aware of that so that you can stop yourself, kind of like I did when I was triggered, that fawning response was getting triggered I stopped myself and I didn't give in and I didn't give her that supply. And number 12, confirmation. This is not always advised that you speak with other sources of supply that the narcissist has dealt with or is dealing with. And I have a little bit different experience with this. A lot of times I've noticed that that's advised 
when it's a romantic relationship or there's some kind of a romantic tie. Maybe there's even a child together, a dating relationship, living together, marriage, etc. However, that was not my experience with this person. And not only that, but a lot of the narcissists that I've dealt with, I was not romantically tied to. So it hits a little bit differently. So I was able to actually go and have a conversation. Basically, multiple people confirmed that they weren't dealing with her either or that they noticed the same thing that I did. So just that confirmation, that validation that a lot of times we want, but we can't get it because the situation might be a little sticky, a little awkward. There may be some danger involved. And in this case, I felt very comfortable reaching out to the other ladies and it all worked out. And I went down the rabbit hole so you don't have to. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> if this podcast has helped you understand who and what you're dealing with, sharpen your discernment and move forward on your healing journey, share it with another survivor. Help me help others by leaving a review for the show. And let's connect on social. Take a screenshot, share it in your IG stories, find and tag me at The Vibrant Survivor, and I'll share your post too. I look forward to connecting with you on IG and seeing you back here. You're not alone and you're not crazy. Know who you're dealing with, know who you are. Take care and I'll meet you back here next week. Bye-bye.
I hope that this breakdown helps you to suss out the narcissist in your life.